You better prepare for this one. Why? You may think you know everything. He's an idiot. But I'm here to spill the truth. And I don't miss. History part of This is the tantalizing truth. I'm back. Welcome back to episode two of the Tantalizing Truth Show. I'm Nick Fado alongside Thomas Aiello. We are happy to be back and happy to have you listening in. Let's jump right in here to NBA. Game two of the Lakers Nuggets saw the Lakers sneaking away with the win, 105 to 103, taking the 2 nothing series lead. And Thomas, we got to talk about Anthony Davis, clutch shot to end the game. Dagger wins it for him. What are your thoughts? Well, before I... Uh, begin my analysis I do have to alert the audience that I am one of the biggest Jordan fans you will ever meet so anything that LeBron does even if he's bailed out by a player or a teammate not the good not impress me yeah <laughs> but I do have to say um, he took he took the game by the horns uh, for game three he dropped 26 points 11 rebounds he didn't get anywhere close to I think six assists I think he only had like three maybe so I thought that was good to see him take control in the game early. But the benefit of being part of a superstar duo is you get the other half to just carry the load. And Anthony Davis just went off. 31 points, 9 rebounds, and the game-winning three-pointer off of a curl screen Crazy. that was originally drawn up for, I think, LeBron. But he said, nah, AD's going to take it. And AD just nails it in the Jokic's face. And I thought that was good for the Lakers to show that AD, and he's never been this far. He's never made it to the West Finals and yeah. relished the moment. He was, he looked pretty composed when he was taking the shot and they were running that play. And he just nails it in Jokic's face. And I do have to point out as well, uh, Mason Plumley just did a horrible job of fighting through the screen. I don't know what he was doing in, in my opinion. I don't think he should have been in the game. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, look, I don't think Jokic should have been in the game either. <laughs> if anything, Bull Bull should have been out there. Yeah, the guy is like, he's a friggin' spider on steroids. Like, like what the Celtics he, did with Taco. Yeah, if someone supercharged GMOs and milk and they just <laughs> kept feeding it to their children, you'd get bowl bowl. <laughs> like, he's just, he's just such a gigantic human being. I don't know why he wasn't on the floor. Honestly, that would be me. But I understand why you'd want to keep Jokic out there. And I yeah. mean, Plumlee, I would have put out there regardless because he's, he's the uh, better defensive center on that team. But for the Nuggets, I mean, they played their heart out. They pretty much had them beat because Jokic hit that tip right before the AD shot. They had them beat. And if Plumlee had fought over that screen, they easily would have won. It would have been tied at one apiece. Jokic, of course, with the 30 and 9. Jamal Murray had 25 points. And Michael Porter Jr. showing up with 15. So we got a little, little, uh, little taste, a little sample of what he is capable of when he wants to be. And I think for the Nuggets, if they're going to have any chance of winning – the next game, if they don't want to get swept, all three of these guys, especially MPJ, really have to get at least 20 points or more. And then these other role players, I mean, Monte Morris only had nine. He was the fourth leading scorer. No one else got over nine points, and that would be a little concerning. So I expect the Nuggets to follow up this effort with another great effort for game three. But it is the Lakers and LeBron James and Anthony Davis is just one of the best duos we've seen in yeah. a long time. Nick. Well, 
Well, you could argue. I mean, it, it's just such a heartbreaking loss. But the one thing we've seen with this Nuggets team is it doesn't matter what the series is at. <laughs> they, they're in it no matter what. Back-to-back series down 3-1 underdogs in the, second, in the last series versus the Clippers. They make the comeback. They come in. They say, tell the Lakers, you know, they can't doubt us. Down 2-0. Game two was certainly a fight. Obviously, three, you look at as a must-win. But the tough part, like you kind of covered for the Nuggets, Jamal Murray and, and Jokic had 25 and 30, respectively. LeBron and AD, 26 and 31. The stars are matching up pretty evenly. But you got to get both benches contributing evenly. MPJ, yeah, 15. No one else really was, was out there. Whereas the Lakers had two guys with 11, a guy with Caruso with nine, Kuzma with eight. You're getting contributions from everyone on a team. And, and it's kind of like what we covered last episode. You got to have team basketball. Of course, these Stars are there to do their jobs and, and play the role. AD taking the big shot, winning the game. That's his job. But you got to have everyone kind of out there and contributing to the end game for getting a victory. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. But I think with LeBron James run teams, you can kind of get away with the ISO ball thing because when he first went to Miami, he, it was him, Bosh, and Wade, right? Yeah. That's two perimeter ISO players. And then you had the inside post ISO player because all three of them were so used to having the ball in their hands all the time. Yeah. And what made it work besides obviously they're just overwhelming star power was the way that Eric Spolstra was able to coach around that ISO ball style of play. You know, it's kind of like LeBron and then he can kick out to a shooter. Then you have shooters, yeah. Wade going on an ISO one-on-one on the elbows. And then we saw this in Cleveland with Kyrie and Kevin Love. Again, it's the same kind of model that Miami had with the two ISO wing players, and then you have that star in the post. In this case, with the Lakers, it's weird because you have LeBron and then you have AD, right? So you have one perimeter guy and then you have the inside guy. But here's where the greatness of this duo comes in. And again, I'm going to say I'm the Jordan fan, but I have to acknowledge that this duo is fantastic. Here's where their greatness comes in. Both players can play both inside and outside. The role players, despite me, I've said this many times before to my friends that I think Rajon Rondo is garbage and <laughs> Dwight Howard is garbage, at least now. What did you say? But when they're needed, they're, they're stepping up, right? And it can be indirectly from LeBron and AD benefits, which is, which is something I think is unique to this Lakers team. And it's definitely something that um, makes this team, you know, pretty much pretty close to unguardable. Yeah. Just the trade-off between those two and the reverberation effect it has uh, throughout this entire Lakers team. And most, a lot of times, Lakers would, would come away with victories. LeBron wouldn't even need to play much, and that's great for him now. He obviously, he's getting older. But AD can really still carry and shoulder a load if he needs to. Um, but in these playoffs, you know, we've seen time and time again, LeBron – LeBron shows up when he's got to show up in these games uh, that are needed to, you know, get him to the ultimate goal of the finals in a championship ring. Thomas Celtics did exactly what we both predicted they would do. Must win game three. They retaliate, uh, get the series to 2-1 over there. And if you look at that box score, there are four leaders that Brad Stevens had a conversation with. Smart, Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, all 20-plus points in that outing. They won 117 to 106. Great games from uh, Bam Bio and Tyler Hero, both 20-plus scores as well, but wasn't enough for the Heat. What do you think we got to see out of Miami if they want to go up 3-1 and not let the Celtics really get back into this thing? Well, I mean, this, this kind of is fuel for the fire, in my opinion, for yeah. the Miami Heat. 
I mean, if you think about Bam had 27 and 16 and he's just been awesome, but he only had one assist, which was a little question mark for me. This kid was playing with fire in game three and he did not care who or what was in the way he was going to throw it at you. And he looked like an eight year vet. Like yeah, he, he's always ready. He he's looked tough. phenomenal. It's so great to see Tyler hero. He was so under underrated coming out of Kentucky. And I'm a, I was a big Tyler hero fan in high school. Okay. With the balls life mixtapes. Then remembers <laughs> the video of him taking on an entire team and just getting trash talked. Shout out to you. The problem I see here with Miami. And I know that, we don't really consider him much of a score because he does a lot of other things really well as Jimmy Butler. Jimmy had 17. He was the fourth leading scorer for the heat 17. Yeah. And eight. Now granted, we don't really think of him as a score like that, but if he's going to be your leader, he needs to, you know, show up for the, at least the timely buckets. I mean, Boston smart with 20 J- Kemba Walker with 21, Jason Tatum, 25 and 14 rebounds. And then Brown with 26. I mean, when those, those four are on, I don't really know how you're going to be able to stop them. It would have been nice for them to have someone to really counter Bam Adebayo, maybe like a Drummond. But unfortunately, Danny Ainge didn't pull that trigger at the trade deadline, which I wanted him to. Because if you remember that package for Drummond, it was basically nothing to get him. I think it was like a second-round pick yeah. of John Henson. So Danny Ainge definitely could have finessed Detroit into like a second-round pick that could have been the 60th pick in the draft because that's just – that's just Boston's luck, and Detroit just loves trading away their star players for garbage. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting to me because I don't think – personally, I don't think Drummond would have been – and I won't stay on this long. I don't think he would be a great fit for the Celtics just because they're such a versatile team who spreads the ball around everywhere. And, you know, going back to, to Butler and the Heat, you know, he is obviously their guy. He is the leader of the team. But he doesn't always have to be – just because you're the leader of a team doesn't mean you got to be going out and scoring 30 points a night. Yeah. But at the same time, if you got four guys in the Celtics going for 20, you got to do a little more on your own. You know, yeah, so you got to do a little more than 17 and eight. Exactly. It's a, it's, a, it's, an, it's a contrast of, of both teams where what we talked about, they both are great. They both have just such great depth on the, on the team. But when, they, when the four guys for the Celtics, their leaders, as Brad Stevens called them, when they go and show and drop 20 apiece – it definitely leads to uh, yeah no I I mean you know, the, the Heat got to do something different maybe maybe defensively because 117 points you know it's a, it's a playoff game you usually see a lower scoring games grit and grind defense but maybe it's the defense they got to fix I I'm not sure yet well I think one of the things with Boston is just the three of those guys Tatum Brown and Kemba Walker that on offense at least they're just so intimidating especially when when they're on. Even yeah. when Kemba's having, like, his 14 points games in the playoffs. But, like, when all three of them are on, regard, like, you, it, they're pretty unstoppable. Just that much offensive talent on its own got them the third seed in the East. And they yep. swept uh, Philadelphia in the first round. Everyone thought Philly had a good chance to push them because Embiid would just post up everybody. Clearly, that's not the case. I would say if Boston really wants to climb back into the series again, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to repeat this performance. There's really no other explanation. They're gonna have to really repeat this performance, but they're gonna have to really focus in on the other players benefiting from Jimmy Butler not having uh, an A plus night. They're gonna have to really lock in on Bam Adebayo. I mean, 27 and 16 is just not acceptable. You know, giving up 16 rebounds to one player. I mean, granted, he is an all star, and they don't yeah, really. Well, have- you know, Tatum had 14. 
and he's yeah. a, and he's a, a more of a forward than Bam is a center. You know, yeah. so granted they don't have a great big, but I mean, again, Robert Williams and Dan Tice are not. They are in no way are they scrubs. Yeah. You gotta. I think they need to focus a little bit more on rebounding because that can definitely push them over the edge. Because Miami, as we know, Nick is a great rebounding team. Because they play, they play a morphed version of the '90s in today's <laughs> era. Yeah, they're gritty. So crash the boards with them. I don't care how you do it. Then I that, honestly, that would be the only way that my that Boston can really put their foot on the Tiger's neck and even this up at two. Yeah, and you know, Marcus Smart recently said he's almost happy that the game last game was played Saturday. Uh, game four will be played tonight, and he's happy that it got delayed so late in their schedule where usually they either play every other night or maybe every two nights. Uh, he's happy that this wait is long because he said it fuels more of a fire in the Celtics team. Uh, just the stakes, you know, they get higher and higher as the wait, the anticipation grows. My prediction, I think Celtics are going to knot up the series. I think, you know, they got to repeat. They have the momentum right now, and I would, I would love to see the series just keep going and, and both teams battling for the longest, most uh, serious series we could get. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think Boston's going to be coming out uh, guns ablaze to start out at least. But it's that fourth quarter when Miami switches to that zone. Boston just has a brain cramp and they just don't yeah. know what to do. That's my biggest concern, but I'm, I am excited for probably one of the most epic playoff games this year coming up in game four. And I'm going to go with Boston as well, I think, Boston – but clearly, that little talk that Brad Stevens had has slit some sort of spark under that leprechaun. And if that leprechaun shows up, then Boston is going to be voodoo magic unstoppable. I, they just, I don't know. Do you remember that? Um, do you remember the Celtics-Lakers documentary? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they were talking about the leprechaun, and James Worthy was talking about the shot Larry Bird almost hit to beat them in the finals. I forget, it was like 85 or 86. And Larry Bird's like, I'm going to go off the screen, hit the corner three, and you're not <laughs> going to do a damn thing about it. And Parallel's like, that ball is straight in his arrow. Then the leprechaun is just like, nah, I'm going to take the day off. And it just missed by like yep. an inch. Yeah, you got to love that rivalry, man. Oh, my God. You got to love it. You got to love see it. it. Maybe we see it this year. You don't know. And here he, is, be, here he is, the GM of the Heat, playing against the Celtics in the conference <laughs> finals. <laughs> Only this time he's not on the sideline. So I'm going yeah. to go with Boston for game four, but I am so excited because this is going to be one of the most epic playoff games of the playoffs so far. Yeah, we've got a great playoff atmosphere total, even though there are no fans. You know, it's crazy competitive. The bubble kind of brings a new sort of uh, energy in a way because it's never been done before and knock on wood, never has to be done again. NFL, not a great week two in terms of injuries. Several ACL tears. You look at stars like Saquon Barkley, Joey Bosa going down. Thomas, I don't know about you, but I think I put the blame more on the fact that we didn't get to see these guys out in the preseason. They didn't get as many live snaps as they needed. You know, you got to, in football, arguably the most demanding physical sport you could be playing. You got to get the reps in. And without that, you see guys just going down left and right. What are you thinking? Oh, God. Well, it was a rough week for me. I have Saquon on my fantasy team. And he just, oh, God, I don't even want to talk about it. But I, I did have a saving grace. I traded for Dalvin Cook. But anyway, I, um, I compiled a list. Yeah, we got to go over that. <laughs> so I don't think I got all of them. So if I'm missing any, let me know. But here are the most significant ones, okay? Saquon Barkley, torn ACL for the season. Christian McCaffrey is two to four oh, weeks yeah, with an ankle sprain. 
Nick Bosa, ACL tear. And that's to be determined if uh, that's confirmed, I think. Raheem Mostert, sprained MCL. Jimmy G, ankle sprain, but I think he's coming back. Michael Thomas is going to be out two for four weeks. Bruce Irvin tore his ACL. Paris Campbell, knee injury, TBD. Corlin Sutlin tore his ACL. Drew Locke, rotator cuffs, two to six weeks. Devontae Adams of my Packers. TBD with a hamstring issue. Could be rest precaution. Um, Tavon Young from the Ravens. Knee injury. Is he going to be out the whole year? Will Fuller got a friggin' paper cut, but what else is new? (laughs) Tyrod Taylor had a rib injury, and that was the strangest one. I know I'm definitely missing more, but Nick, just looking at this list of who I found is depressing enough. It's just there's so many Pro Bowl players and key guys on going down. And I I agree the the preseason – could have helped get these guys in shape the rest during games is it it helps to start out the season you avoid stuff like this but i need to ask you how does how does the team like the giants who just lost saquon barkley i know you're the you're the big blue guy uh, how the hell do you guys find ways to counteract this i mean i i just need to know well the great <laughs> news for my fellow new york sports or new york football fans we're not going to talk about basketball but we know uh we weren't really expecting anything crazy out of this season, um, just like how the last few seasons haven't been anything great. But uh, it's a shame that, that we have to say that, both, both Giants and Jets fans, that it's just so uh, tragic. But now, I mean, it's obviously you don't want to ever see anyone get injured. You look at Barkley, our best player for sure, down for the season. I mean, it's – it's it's brutal. It's it's heartbreaking both as a as a fan and as a as a human being watching all these guys go down. But um, I guess in lighter terms, maybe the Giants could get a spark. A spark. Uh, recently signed a Devontae Freeman. You know he was a Pro Bowl with the Falcons. He was great uh, in their Super Bowl run. But may not have the same energy that he used to have. But you know we could hope to see something. It'll help Daniel Jones because the real issue is you can't have a a, a second year quarterback progress without running game otherwise he's just gonna get destroyed because there's no threat but him throwing football so hopefully freeman can help that out even guys like drew lock is down i think we said eight weeks rotator cuff he signed with the broncos so he's gonna be starting for a while because the broncos they look they looked solid so far through two weeks you know we saw bortles take the jaguars to the afc championship game a few years back uh, their defense was great, of course, but maybe Bortles can find some sort of spark back to his career instead of being a backup. I guess there is, if you want to take one positive away from guys getting injured, it's that more guys get to step up and we get to see, uh, you know, what, what other talent there is out there. But, yeah, I mean, for sure, you're just, you're just never happy seeing anyone go down. Yeah, it, it's been rough um, for week two. I mean, the Saquon injury might be the most devastating. You did bring up Devonta Freeman, and here's where I think Freeman can help this this toddler of a Giants team, for lack of a better term. Devonta Freeman, you mentioned, was a pro bowler. He's been to the Super Bowl, and he was the guy, he was the guy for their running game. Yeah. I mean, of course, you had Julio Jones and Matty Ice. Uh, who else do they have? I'm, that Falcons team, I remember, was stacked. I just can't. Their offense you know, is always good. They're always, yeah. But what Freeman is going to bring to this Giants team is a voice of experience and a voice yep. of, of reason. And I think Freeman can be the stopgap running back while Barkley is nursing this ACL tear. He's going to really help out guys like Deion Lewis, Dan Jones. He's going to help out their linemen. 
in terms of blocking, like which ways to block and things like that. I think he can be a good yeah. voice in that sense. And just being around players like Julio Jones, who is a surefire Hall of Famer. I mean, if he doesn't get in on the first ballot, that person needs, those people need to be arrested. Being around a player like Julio Jones and kind of pointing to Slayton and uh, Shepard, hey, you know, try doing this, or Evan Ingram even could be a product of Freeman's voice, you know, kind of giving them some little pointers and maybe some veteran moves. I don't think Freeman is going to hurt the Giants. I think, if anything, he can help them. But the red flag, obviously, you know, is that he hasn't played in a while. Yeah. So you got to hope that he doesn't just come out of the gates looking like, uh, like George Paul in the playoffs. You know that guy, George Paul. Yep. Um, that's your only. That would be my only two concerns with him not playing and then just coming out and being horrible. But I think he's going to be good for this young Giants team. And I'm, uh, I may be a Green Bay fan, but I am from New Jersey, so I am keeping tabs on Big Blue. And I'm just hoping for the best for you guys at this point, honestly. Yeah. Well, I mean, we we certainly appreciate it. Thank you. Anything, uh, anything we could get helps. But uh, <laughs> you know, both both football teams in New York have been struggling. Struggles have not gotten better nor worse. So, I mean, I guess technically this is the lowest we are without Saquon playing. Yeah, you're right. Maybe Freeman can, can do something. I'm just hoping we get competitive football games. That's, that's really all I'm asking for. I, want, I, like, I like watching my team go out every Sunday. Um, but if they're just not even going to be playing in the game competitively, well, then that's where it stinks being a fan. I want to move to our week two picks from the past week. Uh, Giants Bears, man, it was a close one. I was I was really hoping my Giants would reel it out. Too, Nick. <laughs> but uh, you know the Giants, typical Giants luck. They got a fourth and one. The Bears are on fourth and one. They throw the football incomplete, bobbled up in the air. Big offensive lineman dives on it, catches it, first down. Bears keep the drive going, and then the Giants have only a minute and a half to go downfield and try to score a touchdown. So obviously the Bears won that one, 17-13. Tough game, but. Yeah, I, um, I had the Giants winning too, but I need to give a special shout out to Anthony Miller, who I picked up this weekend for my fantasy team, and he gave me zero points. <laughs> Let me repeat that. Zero points. Big donut. And he got targeted, what, 10 times? Probably. He got, and he had zero points. How do you do that? How do you do that? I don't know what the hell happened, but damn it, cut him. He was so bad. It's how does he still have a job after this week? I need, I need I to know. know. I don't know. I mean, yeah, the Bears, listen, I think they've been overhyped for a while. I mean, congratulations. You beat a knocked-up Giants team, but whatever. Rams-Eagles, I picked Rams, and I had them easily. Yeah, uh, the Rams, I had them too. You know, nothing special there. <laughs> Eagles not looking pretty so far this season at 0-2. Oh, my God, no. Uh, Falcons-Cowboys, man, oh, my gosh. What a game that was. That Come was a fun it, game to watch. It was, but I mean, you got to do depressing. How, how again, the, the Falcons head coach, how does he still have a job? Crazy. Stephen A. Smith put it the best with that guy. He has to be the biggest moron in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he still has a job, but he does. Yeah. I mean, I think so. We both picked the Falcons and now when I think I actually had the Cowboys. Oh, you had the, you had them boys. Excuse me. But, uh, well, cause I picked them in sympathy for skip. So yeah. Big so skip Cowboys took that one. Panthers, Bucks. The Bucks came away with that one. That was yeah, my no pick. surprises there. Leonard Fournette showed up for them. Yeah, he didn't fumble crazy. the ball. Nothing crazy. So that's where that's always, that was a weakness. But glad that they could take a dub. 
Niners, Jets, again, no surprises there. 49ers, <laughs> even though they their whole team is basically on the aisle at this point. But the Jets, yeah, they really stood no comp- no uh, no competition there. Oh God, I wonder what it's like being a Jets, Mets, and Knicks fan. It's just like, how do you how how do you uh, do that? Seriously. I, luckily, I can't relate. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Uh, Broncos, Steelers. The Steelers snuck away with that one in a closer game than we thought. Yeah, that was a close game. I um, Melvin Gordon was very inefficient in terms of his carries, which led to his production. He had, I think, twenty carries for like seventy rushing yards. Yeah, and a touchdown yeah. granted but 20 carries and 70 yards is not efficient at all and uh, yeah. he's actually one of the players in my that i put in my dalvin cook package to get him so he was actually there the lead go. guy so yeah uh we both had steelers on that one yeah uh next game titans jags close battle the jaguars have been showing that they're uh, they're not as much of a joke as people have put them out to be 33 30 tennessee won that one uh yeah, i had no, tennessee that was- all the way but it was, they made it. They gave me a run for my money. I can put it that way. Yeah, I mean Gardner Minshew, he might be a pretty good quarterback. We might have oh, been trolled that, on that. Man. I mean, love they have that, good man. receivers. I mean, you have Cole. Uh, who's the other guy? I can't say his DJ name. DJ Shark. No, no, no. He has like a Lavishka, Havishka. Oh, no clue. I'm he, not good. Another, with that. <laughs> I think he's the number two. I think it's Havishka. But if I'm butchering his name, I'm sorry. He's he showed he's not bad. So I mean, that was a close game. But Titans with Derrick Henry, we knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Lions Packers. I had the Lions. I was hoping they could they could take the win in that rivalry game, but Packers all the way in that one. Forty two points. You to doubted the Lions twenty one. Uh, doubted yeah. the cheese. I'm I mad. I never doubt them, but I was just hoping maybe we could get uh, a little sneaky win there for the Lions. But Aaron Jones, that guy is definitely. Oh my God! Did he but, go off? Um. So yeah, I was wrong in that pick. You were right with your with your uh, with your Packers. <laughs> but I do have to say this. Kenny Galladay is coming back for week three. He's expected to play. So he just having him back alone might turn the uh, Lions season around. That's true. That's true. They got, they got to get that, uh, that receiving court going. And how about Bill's Dolphins, man? I have Bill's. I thought it would be a much bigger win for them too. Only a 31-28 victory. Yeah, I had the Bills too. I mean, that Dolphins team, they may stink, but Devontae Parker uh, – Fitz magic seems to still be going on. So, I mean, and Devonte Parker, I also have to give him credit too. I benched him this week in my other league, but he's, he's not a horrible receiver either. He's like, they got some guys. Yeah, the Dolphins. It's just a matter of, they need to put everything together. Yeah. And then here's where I struck out big time with my uh, pick for the Vikings to take down the Colts 28 to 11 Indianapolis won that one. Vikings not looking good this season. No. I mean, I picked up Dalvin Cook this week in a trade, so I'm, I hope that he's he can show up at least for me. But that Colt, I told you that Colts offense, Jonathan Taylor is just yeah, they are sneaky. He's making underrated. a case for sure. They he's are making a case. Underrated for sure, man. Oh, and I want I want to point this out to the audience really quick. Mo Ali Cox, the Colts tight end, is VCU men's basketball's all-time leading shot blocker. I think, or he's top three. Okay, he was playing college basketball like six years ago, and I saw him live at Fordham University against the Rams. So shout out to Mo Ali Cox for cooking it up this weekend too. Cardinals football team. Cardinals took that one 30 to 15. I had the Cardinals there. I knew that powerhouse offense with Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins was going to do something. And Washington, not exactly as uh, on their game as they were last week. No, they were not. I mean, I, had, I did say on the first episode that for some reason I thought Washington would have won. But I did, I did pick the Cardinals, but for some reason, I just thought Washington was going to find a way to come back because they did last week versus the Eagles. But 
Now I realize that the Eagles are way less talented than the Cardinals. That's, that is very true. Ravens, Texans, not as close of a game as I was personally hoping for. I picked the Ravens, and they did come away with the victory, 33-16. But I was hoping for a little, a little more of a game there. Yeah, I was too. I mean, Watson versus Jackson is always fun, but it's just the Houston offense is so dilapidated. And now that Will yeah. Fuller got another paper cut, he's out for like four weeks. They got no receiving. He, they got nothing. I mean, David Johnson is the, literally, the, literally the only guy on that team who can do something. Oh, I'll offense. get to him later. Don't you worry. Oh, yeah. We're going to get to <laughs> we're gonna, You're going to slam him later. Oh, my God. Oh, for sure. Uh, then we're going Chiefs Chargers. How about that game, man? I picked the Chiefs. But it was not a safe pick. No, it Snip wasn't. Away with the win in OT. That was a scary game to watch because yeah. I have Mahomes on my fantasy team, and he was just he was just willpowering them to a victory. He had no desire to lose. But that Chargers team with uh, Justin Herbert, they he just shot a lightning bolt through them, and they're competing with the champs. So shout out to Justin Herbert for putting it on in week two. Yeah. I can I'm expecting to see him continue that in week three. He seems, he seems like he's going to be great. And then uh, we're going to get – how about a little deja vu, Tom, from uh, Pat Seahawks from the Super Bowl. Seahawks now reversing the roles. They come up with the goal line stand against the Pats to win it 35-30. I picked the Seahawks there. Again, a closer game than I thought. Patriots looked like they could be uh, more of a threat than people thought they would be this year. Yeah, I mean, now that you don't have um, unathletic Tom Brady, I mean, he's yeah. basically Jesus over there in Foxborough, but True. now that you have an athlete at that quarterback position, not only he can throw well with Cam Newton, but he can run the damn ball. I think that adds a lot of tools to that offense. I mean, Nikhil Harry, um, James White, when he comes back, uh, rest, you know, condolences to him and his family for the recent yeah, tragedy that just horrible. happened. That was very tough. But James White, Julian Edelman can still be productive. They have some guys. And then their defense, losing Dante Hightower, obviously – leaves a big hole but when you have Stephen Gilmore and their secondary is still very strong they can compete with teams like the Seahawks but that Seahawks team was just they were cooking on offense yeah man and then our final game from Monday night Saints Raiders I have the Raiders and man I am impressed by that team out in Vegas what are you thinking yeah uh we both had the Raiders um the Death Star Stadium they showed up with the Star Destroyers and uh Emperor Palpatine was working his uh, Sith magic on the Saints. <laughs> but we're going to get to the Saints and the Raiders in a minute. But I do, have to see it. I do have to say, a lot of people said Henry Ruggs was going to be the number one. I don't think Derek Carr really is going to keep throwing him the ball. He had two targets yesterday, I think maybe three. And the first two were over his head. I mean, Hugs is going to – Hugs, new meme. Hugs yeah. is going to be good. My problem is he's just he, – he's not ready to compete if Derek Carr is especially throwing to Renfro, their tight ends. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't I mean, know. Me, Josh man. Jacobs gets a lot of offense himself. Yeah. If you're looking outside, I think Jacobs is the best offensive talent they've gotten on that team. But if you're looking outside of him, Carr's favorite target, I think, is by far Darren Waller, tight end. Oh, yeah, for he sure. He had a great game Monday night. Um, and hopefully, uh, tight ends in, in the league that can go run around, catch a football like a, they look like a receiver out there. You know, they're deadly. So hopefully the Raiders can keep that up because it'll be exciting to see them kind of get a resurgence after not being a great team for a few years. Yeah, so shout out to the Raiders. I mean, that was just taking down the Saints is something else. That's a pretty tough task, and they lived up to it. They don't seem to care, and 
either the magic of the Death Star or are the Raiders for real? We don't know. It could be a combination of both. <laughs> and now, man, I just I want to brag just because I was double right. Fantasy, start with the fantasy boom. Calvin Ridley, monster game. Oh, what a game absolute, he had. Absolute monster game, even though they took the L. I believe he had two touchdowns and over 110 yards. I'm right. He had 29.9 fantasy points. He, so, he was one off from 30. Count that as a boom. <laughs> count that oh as my a- God. He crushed, yeah. crushed projections this week. So I'll take that. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'll reward you with like, I'll reward you with my special K protein bar. How about that? I'll Venmo Beautiful. it to you. <laughs> I could eat. What's your boom looking like? My boom was actually Traquan Smith from the Saints, and he was projected to have around 10. He actually ended up with 13 and a half. Um, I, I picked him up this week too. I expected him to be the number one guy to fill the void since Michael Thomas is going to be out for an extended period of time. Obviously, Drew Brees loves flipping it to Kamara. Yeah. But when Michael Thomas isn't out there for Drew Brees to just launch it downfield, he looks pretty bad, in my opinion. And Traquan Smith did not do a horrible job. But uh, Smith actually caught five targets for 86 yards. And they were long throws too. The guy... Yeah, in the PPR league, he put up uh, he put up thirteen point six. He outdid his projections by ten flat this week. So, I guess that was the Jemmy Boom player. I mean, I don't think people were expecting him to go off, but you get three and a half over your projections. I'd say that's pretty good, especially for like a wide yeah. receiver number three uh, for sure. And then let me boast a little more with my bust, David Johnson. He had 11 attempts for 34 yards against the Ravens. What I predicted, of course, bust. He only had seven points uh, in a PPR league to put that out there. So nothing special from David Johnson against that tough Ravens team. Um, Now I'll take the two for two on that one, Thomas. Yeah, I mean, David Johnson might have another rough week because he's playing the Steelers in week three. So he might. Tough, tough, tough. There's a chance he might be everyone's boom again. <laughs> bust, I should say. I'm sorry. Um, my bust was Melvin Gordon, and we were talking about this, Nick. He did give up – he put up 16 fantasy points in a standard yeah. PPR. Now, granted, I mean, 16 points, it's still good. I mean, it's right around what he was projected, but he had 19 carries for 70 rushing yards. That, that's pretty inefficient, if you ask me. Yeah, 19 carries is a lot of carries. 70 yards, not a lot compared Granted, to- they're using him. They want him to run the ball and make plays, but when you, if you, you can only get 70 yards out of that, he got two catching touchdowns, so the ball was thrown to him. So I guess that made up for it. But I, um, I put Melvin Gordon in my Dalvin Cook deal. I'm going to say this again. It was Melvin Gordon, Darius Slayton, and Latavius Murray for Dalvin Cook and Alan Lazard. So I took this guy's first overall pick away. I have a feeling Melvin's about to fall off. I'm, I'm getting worried for him. Once Philip Lindsay comes back, Melvin might become pretty useless. I, I don't know if he was really – he was a bust. He was a bust in the terms of he wasn't efficient with his carries. Yeah. But he also wasn't horrible. It wasn't a bad game. It, it wasn't, wasn't a bad, bad game. game. Yeah, it wasn't a bad game, but it also wasn't like he's – so, he's so much more capable. So with the, uh, the final scores, actually, Nick, you got 11 out of 15. I got 13 out of 15. Oh, man. All right. You messed, you messed up. That, I mean, that Falcons one was just wild. You did mess up the Packers game. <laughs> Packers was a big miss. I can admit that. I can Ugh. admit that. But, but again, both had, I retaliated we, with my boom and bust. You did. You nailed so those two. I'm happier with that, man. That, that, is, that gets yeah. me uh, 
that gets me through here. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would be proud of that. All right, that just about does it for us here on the Tantalizing True Show. I'm Nick Fader with Thomas Lello as my co-host. Make sure to stay tuned and listen in for our Saturday morning show. We have a special guest jumping on the air with us. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Tantalizing True Show and on Twitter at the Tantalizing. Thanks, everyone. See you guys later.